continuing to plow through uh, our series on things that the church ought to be, things that the church ought to be. And I will continue to remind you that there are wonderful things that the church does from, from worship ministry to fellowships uh, and, and, and nights of worship and, and kids ministry cookouts and, and, and youth trips. There are wonderful things that we do for one another with one another alongside one another, but these are not the things that God calls the church to do and be. These aren't the things that we need to lean into, all right? We we don't need a checklist of are we doing it right that says, do we have enough decaf as opposed to regular coffee, all right? We don't need to, on our major checklist, did we get enough laser lights and colored uh, films for our children to, to enjoy the show, all right? That doesn't need to be at the top of our checklist. The top of our checklist should include things like, are we digging into Scripture on a weekly basis? Personally, am I digging into Scripture on a daily basis? Are we spending time connected to one another in the Word and in fellowship? Are we spending time individually connected to God in prayer? Are we remembering by taking the bread and taking the cup and saying, this is why we come together? Are these things at the top of the checklist of our church? I can't control other churches. I can't. I can't control other pastors. And guess what? I'm not supposed to. Literally, the most godly phrase I think that I can say in that vein is, not my monkeys, not my circus. Kilby's people aren't my responsibility, nor are his words. I am supposed to say, if you come to me and say, hey, I heard this on television, or I heard this last week. In fact, one of our former members who are technically still members who have moved away from us and are looking for a church home, I so, I so, I really did so appreciate that, that they did this. They sent me a video of, of one of the churches that they had been visiting, all right, and asked me if I would watch a sermon. Now, let me just say something to you. I don't watch my sermons. I love Kilby. I don't watch his sermons. I'm likely not going to watch a whole sermon of anyone. The only time I listen to sermons is when I'm walking or talking. Why? I don't sit still that long. I watch movies in sets of three, all right? I mean, that's just, just how, unless I pay for it, and then I sit there the whole time, but halfway through, I'm like, oh, you know, I just got to be a really good movie. But I did watch a portion, the portion I could stand, and then I went and I read everything on the website. What do you believe? Where do you act? And I was able to call them and say, hey, I genuinely, and this, is, this is, doesn't happen very often, I genuinely couldn't find any, any, anything worth talking about that was negative. Very positive in the way they wrote out what they believe. Awesome in the way they handled some of the tough, tougher subjects, all right? So, so there was a little kind of pat on the, on the bottom there for both that church family and our, our, our former church family, and that was really cool. But my job is also to go, mm, you know, I saw this meme that you posted the other day. And even though it sounds good, it's not. Even though it sounds encouraging, it's not, okay? And there are those out there. They feel good and you're like, oh, that lifted me up. Yes, but if you lift everybody up with that, eventually they're going to fall from a very high place. 
all right? Not everything we read that feels good is good, right? Shouldn't be that way. So that's what we mean by my job is to teach you, train you, warn you of false teachers. My job is not to say um, uh, Reagan Romulan is a very bad preacher and, a, and a not a man of God. No, nah, that's not my job. That's not anybody's job. You can say, hey, I was listening to this pastor. Do you think that's dangerous? And I can say, actually, it probably is. Probably will not, will not increase your faith. That is, that is my job. But tearing down, no, no, no. Telling them what to do, no, no, no. My monkeys, my circus, and you just happen to have a big monkey as a ringleader. <laughs> All right, that's just the way, that's the way it works, okay? So as we've gone through prayer, we've gone through communion, we've gone through um, uh, several of those things, here's where we are today. Here's where we are today. The church is called, and, and this message is actually incredibly simple Simple to say, simple to understand, messy and dicey when it comes to carrying it out, okay? Bearing one another's burdens is something that God calls us, the body of Christ, to do, listen, and to be. Not simply step in when it's time and then step out when it's not time, but literally to be there, all right? Holding up making sure that if something falls, if something is heavy, we're already holding weight for them. All right, let's read from the scriptures, all right? And then let's look through some, some very, very basic things. All right, we're in Galatians. Galatians, all right? Chapter six, we're gonna be focusing in on, on like two through six, but one is important, all right? And, and a whole nother sermon, but one is important. So here we go. Therefore, brothers and sisters, therefore, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit <coughs> should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you may also be tempted. Watch yourselves or you should, you may also be tempted. Now I want to stop right here and make very, very short focus on, on this, on this verse. No adult wants to be reprimanded. No adult craves criticism. That's not in our nature, okay? But outside of our nature, when God's nature takes over, we should crave any instruction that causes us to get closer. Ready? Crave instruction that causes us to draw near. We should hunger for the reprimand toward righteousness. Write that down. I won't remember it, but it's good. You should hunger for a reprimand that moves you towards righteousness, but we're not built that way. That's why God unbuilds you. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are the same as they've always been. No. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are less. No. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new 
creation. The old is gone, the new has come. And that new that comes says, make me more. It's like the prodigal son. When he left, he said, give me, Father, that which is mine. When he returned, he said, make me, Father. Those four words in that story say it all. You go from give me to make me. Come on, church. The, the, the restoration, sometimes gentle, sometimes firm, ought be craved by you. Well, I'm not caught in sin. Most of us who are sinning don't know we're in the sin. Samson, one of the most physically powerful people of all time, one of the most blessed people of all Bible history, a judge no idea why, but God has a better plan. A judge over Israel. And he just cannot, for the life of him, get anything right. And he finally lets the woman trick him into cutting his hair. And where does he end up? He ends up underground at a grinding mill with his eyes gouged out, pushing things around like a mule. There's another word for it. And he looked like it. Sin will... Uh, blind you. Sin will bind you tied to the machine and sin will grind you until there's nothing left. And because of that, you who love, the body that loves goes after, pulls you from the basement, pulls you from the machine, pulls you from the sin that will kill you, the Bible says, in snare. We talk a lot about freedom. But most of us don't live free. Even Paul, come on, do these words not ring true? The things I do not want to do, these things I do, and the things that I want to do, these things I do not do. Truer words are never spoken, but I tried and I failed, and my church was there to pick me up. My church was there. We live in a generation where there's more church hurt than there is church help. We live in a generation where the church has become about itself and not about everyone else. We live in a generation where if you don't look like I look, act like I act, live like I live in my sanctuary, heaven forbid, it's the Lord's house. And people don't want anything to do with us. People don't want, no. We just want to make everybody else feel less so we can feel more. Man, you ought to be new. That's what you need. You need Jesus to make you new. And it ain't no fun to be a shepherd. Shepherd got to fight the wolves. Shepherd got to fight the lions. Shepherd's got to fight the bears. Shepherd got shepherd to punish the sheep, man. And sometimes that meant sticking a hook around the neck and yanking. And I told you several weeks ago, the most spiritually mature person in the room would say, throw it around my neck. Throw it around my neck if you see me wandering toward the cliff. Make me. A lot of times, 
This verse doesn't seem to fit. Let me show you what I mean. Ready? It says, brothers and sisters, some are caught in sin. Watch yourselves or you may also be tempted. And then it goes, carry each other's burdens. Almost like a different thought, right? It's like pause, play, and move on, okay? But it's not. It is when we find ourselves most weighted, when we find ourselves most depleted, when we find ourselves most burdened, when we find ourselves most overwhelmed, that we tend to fall what? Back into our tendencies. It happened to the disciples. In between them seeing what God did for them, not understanding the magnitude of what he did for them, where did he, when he rose from the grave, when he rose from the dead, where did he find them? Back where they started. Where were they? On the boat? Fishing? It's easier to go back to what you know. God doesn't ask us for things that we can get in the natural. He calls us to do things that are supernatural because those things can be accomplished in him. Again, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, not for home runs, lotteries, and hole-in-ones, but for the natural to be supernatural for the call and the glory to be his. Carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test his own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves without comparing them to anyone else. For each one should carry their own load. That technically doesn't mean own load, but portion of the load everybody's got to do their part. We're going to get to that. Everybody's got to do their part. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with the instructor. Where do we find the power, the authority, the understanding to be new, to be more, to be called in the scripture? And those who figure it out need to share it. Those whom the Spirit speaks need to share it. We need to sit over coffee. We need to sit over meals. And we ought to be able to begin our conversations, not with what do you want to talk about today, but can I tell you what the Lord said to me? Can I tell you how the Lord worked in me? This is how we overcome the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. We ought to be testifying together. like to make a basic assumption. Hope that's okay. Hope I'm not going way out on a limb here, but I'm going to assume that we all have burdens. There are things that weigh heavy on our heart. There are things that exhaust our us physically. There are things that drain us emotionally. There are things that exasperate us mentally, all right? There are weighty things mentally, spiritually, financially in your workplace. I made a list somewhere in here right there. Physical, em emotional, spiritual, financial, work. Anybody? Am I alone in this world of, <laughs> you know, you know what the difference between a believer who's going at it and a non-believer? We all look like this, but the believer should be like, <laughs> Joy, what are you doing? Trying to stay afloat. Oh, 
What are you doing it with? Show it to the world. You know, that's the difference. That's the biggest difference. With God, it doesn't make the mountain smaller. It just means you've got somebody there with you. Wait, you mean Jesus does what he calls us to do? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I mean when he could have convicted the, the, the hooker woman at the well, I didn't look at anybody in particular when I said that on purpose. <laughs> Our guests are like, what? All right, what did uh, can I say that? Well, I'm probably gonna get letters about saying, I'm, she slept with six people, right, what do you want? All right, come on. Lord, what did Jesus do? He said, tell me about it. Tell me all about you. I know all about you anyway. She said, I don't have a husband. I know, you got five. And now you're with another one. Talk to me. Bear one another's burden. She, he, she, half naked in the public square. She's thrown down on the ground, caught in the act, about to be stoned. What did Jesus do? Oh, hold up. Just need to see if anybody else is sin-free here. A sin-free guy, throw the biggest rock. Have at it, go. And she's like, ah, and nothing happens. Why? We all are sinners. We all have burdens. And Jesus took them all on himself at the cross and had to remove himself from glory to do it. Had to be separated from his father to do it because God cannot die, but man can. And so Jesus died and then he rose. He beat sin, he beat death to carry our burdens and he taught others to do it. When we bear one another's burdens, life happens. Do you remember the story of Moses in the desert? Do you remember uh, that, 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 that story where, where, where all the snakes were dropped from heaven and, 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 and the people were, were well, they were fuddy-duddies. They were, they were being poo heads and uh, crying out and, and then the snakes fall out of the sky and bite them and they died and they didn't want to die. So they're like, Moses, fix it. And Moses was like, God, fix it. And God was like, uh, make a snake, make a bronze snake, stick it up on a pole. Hold it up real high, because we're talking about thousands upon tens of thousands of people, and if I'm holding up a snake, nobody's going to see it, all right? Now, kill me, everybody can see it, but not me. So put it on a pole and hold it up really high. Well, can you all imagine what it'd be like to hold up a pole? Okay. This is all well and good for the next five minutes, but what happens in 15 minutes? Yeah, what happens in an hour? How are my shoulders going to feel here in about six minutes? <laughs> Not good, so what has to happen? Johnny Ray's gonna come up here and he's gonna get this elbow. John Davidson's gonna come up here and he's gonna get this elbow. Why? Number one, my shoulders hurt. Number two, if this comes down, people die. When we bear one another's burdens, people live. It happened to Jesus himself, did it not? When the weight, the burden of the cross was too much, there was Simon of Cyrene to bear the cross of Jesus, but it's not an action in a moment. It is a lifestyle. Break it down, burden. The Greek word is baros. It means difficult to lift. It means hard or difficult to carry. What does it mean to bear? Bastazzo, to lift, to carry, to take off. Oh, to take 
a way to release. We should be in the business of taking away and releasing the heaviness, the weightiness, the burdens of those around us. So why don't we? Oh my goodness. Because in order to bear the burdens, you need selflessness and love. But the world is full of selfishness and hate. The entire law is fulfilled in keeping one command. The entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one. Church, can we do this? Can you see, would you read this out loud with me so that the scripture lands? Okay, listen, the whole law. Remember what it says, to fulfill the entire law. Ready? Read with me. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Read this too. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the... I've said it for years and I'll say it again. I've said it for years and I'll say it again. You could throw every rule you think of out if you would keep those two. Love the Lord your heart, God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself, which was the first one, second half of the first one. And do unto others as you would have them do unto you. The great commandment and the golden rule. Everything else falls in there. But we are a selfish and not a selfless generation. Couple of things. I know this is hard for most men and some women, I'm not being sexist here, but it's just true, most men and some women to understand. But we all have burdens and there is no need for you to carry those burdens alone. Let me say it again for those in the back. There is no need for you to carry your burdens alone. Even God said in the Garden of Eden, it is not good for what? Man to be but how often do you hear this phrase? Reason number one, we don't bear one another's burdens. You ready? I'm fine. How you doing? I'm fine. Call me if you need anything. SpongeBob, three years later. <laughs> 75 days later. Hey, let me know if I can help you. I'm good, I'm fine. Reason number one, the church doesn't bear the other's burdens because you're afraid to ask for help. You're afraid to be a burden. You can't help it. I am a burden. It's kind of like Alcoholics Anonymous. Hi, my name's Greg and I'm a burden. Hi, my name's Chris, the Chad, and I'm a burden. Just look in the mirror, let yourself know. But guess what? You're God's burden. And he lifts you up. He died for you. And the church needs to act and live that way. But the number one reason the church doesn't carry each other's burdens is because we've, come, we've become such a selfish generation and a do-it-yourself generation that we don't think we need anybody's help and you need everybody's help. We were created that way. 
Reason number two, that we don't bear each other's burdens. The exact opposite. When there's a burden out there, oh, 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 so-and-so, you know, lost her dog. Oh, so-and-so had her 17th baby. Oh, so-and-so's husband doesn't cook. Oh, I'll pray for you. Oh, good. Well, are you going to pray for food to drop out of the ceiling? If you love those who love you and help those who help you, what credit is that? Even sinners do the same. That'd be some scripture. I don't remember where, but that's scripture. You can look at Google it. The reason number two, we don't bear one another's because we're selfish. I got me. I don't have time. I don't have the resources. I don't, have the, I don't have the spirit for that or, or the heart for that. or Oh, well, it's inconvenient. You know what? Sometimes things are inconvenient. Sometimes things are inconvenient. People don't, not saying this in a bad way, but you know, people don't die when you want them to. You ever notice that funerals are always at the worst time ever? Ever? Like you got 72 things planned and nothing the rest of the week? That's when the funeral is. And y'all are laughing because I'm right. Reason number three why we don't bear one another's burdens, and this one's probably the hardest to swallow. Because those who do have a spirit of bearing burdens for the church, bearing burdens from the family, are taken advantage of by those who aren't. You know what I'm talking about? 10% of the church does what? 90% of the work. And everybody is enjoying the air conditioner today because of it. You have clean pews because of it. You have clean restrooms because of it. I am not trying to make anybody feel bad. I'm telling you why people stop bearing burdens. I'm telling you why people stop attending church, why people stop giving. I'm telling you why. Because 10, actually in our church, it's about 22% of the people give 85% of the money. And again, you have a children's minister because of it. And you and your children are getting the fruit of it without donating to it. Same with time. Well, I, you don't understand, I work. Who else works? You don't understand, I have children. Who else has children? I cleaned yesterday with seven children. Running around, you have, you have, uh, Tim, you can, you're, you're leaning on a clean, uh, what do you call that? Top of the pew. You're leaning on a clean top of it because Emmy did all of those. Emmy cleaned the top of all of those. You will be dunked in a clean pool in two weeks if that's what you want because Rick got in there barefoot and side note, our baptismal doesn't drain toward the drain. And the drain sits up on a little hump like those putt-putt holes where you got to get it up and try to get it in. So you can push the water toward the hole and it goes up and down and up and out. And whatever gets right over the hole goes down and then all that dirt goes back like, <laughs> So construction-y people. I don't even know where the bottom of the baptismal is. It's behind a concrete wall somewhere. 
but but it doesn't. It's, it's just like the, the whole scream is run away. Each one should test their own actions. God was calling us on it before he called us on it. He knew there would be those who take advantage. He knew there would be those who come to church to get. He knew there would be those who would wear out. Sorry, I touched it. He knew there would be those who would wear out the rest. Now, listen to me. Some people would say, well, Craig, is there ever a time to stop giving, to stop loving, to stop serving? The answer is absolutely not. But there is a time and a place to go no more. No more. God said each one must do his part. And if you're not under holding whatever weight, and this is a great example, I can hold more weight than Emmy. Johnny Way, Chris, almost every man in this room can hold more weight than me, all right? And each one might hold a little bit different amount of weight. But when God put us together, he said, all of us need to get under the pallet and the burdens that will be placed on you will be perfectly handled. But if you're not holding your part and she's not holding her part, the rest of us are getting weightier. And the more people that run away or that are busy or that don't give, that don't serve, the rest of us get weightier. And you wonder why churches are falling apart. And you wonder why people don't come. Bear one another's burdens. Listen to their pain. Be there even when they can't. Show up when no one else is willing. Craig, you don't understand. It's hot outside. I know, but the yard still got to get mowed. Craig, you don't understand. Kids are loud. I know, but somebody's got to keep the nursery. Craig, you don't understand. They're middle schoolers. I know. And I'm a half a century in and my body's tired. But sometimes you got to go. Right? Sometimes you got to go. And we should. We were not meant to do it alone. And I promise you this, there is no burden in your life or your life or your life or your, there is no burden in your life that the membership of NBC cannot bear together. There is no financial need that we will ever have that the body of NBC can't handle altogether. There is no service project that needs to be done that NBC cannot handle altogether. There is no weight that can come down on us because God won't allow it. You have not been allowed to be tempted beyond what you can bear. When you are, there will be a way out. If everyone is lifting, everyone is serving, everyone is giving, everyone is loving, everyone is pouring out what they need and taking in what they need, the church will be His and He is perfect. This is why we must bear one another's burdens. Connected, removing the weight and all of us setting everyone else free together. Let's pray.
Mm. God, as we make our way out in just a few minutes, I, 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 I wish I'd have thought of this before. God, as we make our way out in a few minutes, help us to go with the knowledge that it's not about us. But whisper in our ear that instead of me being about myself, as I leave this place, there are 105 people who are about me. There are 104 people who will bear my burdens instead of one trying to bear one. Help us get the concept of all things for all people. And they devoted themselves to these things and their numbers multiplied. God, remind, reveal, show us all of these things. In Jesus' name and amen. I'm gonna do something a little different. I'm gonna make an announcement or two and then we're gonna do something. And again, I wish I thought of it because I bet they could have played this, but be fine.